0: What's up, what's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm here spoon tonight with Braden and Will. How's it going, boys? Yeah, doing well. Uh, good to be back after missing last
1: week uh, in what was a pretty crazy week for Arsenal Football Club. Uh, so, excited to talk about it. Uh, I won't get too um, crazy for you, Spoon, when we get into the recap. So, don't worry about that too much. Um, but yeah, looking forward to uh, another week.
2: I wrote this on social media earlier today, and I'm going to say it again. Yellow submarines are some Everton shit. I never liked it in the first place. Uh, it was a lovely European night that I got to listen to at work because I can't necessarily look at my phone. Shout out to my job for being a bunch of cunts. Uh, but I'm having a pretty decent time. Please don't fire me for anyone listening at my job. Here's that. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, before I incriminate myself anymore, I'm having a decent time. It's always lovely to beat Everton. It's always lovely to pull people in the eyes and have no one say anything to you about it. So, yeah, I'm living my best life in this uh, Andy Robertson branded shirt that my uh, lovely mother-in-law got me. Uh, so, yeah, I'm I had a I'm having a good time.
0: Well, talking about cunts he decided to wear one. So <laughs> um, it, it was a very eventful week. And as well as weeks so far in football, some amazing games uh, we've all witnessed. And I guess in the interest of time, we should move into the games and nowhere else to start. The first game, Saturday, 7.30 in the morning, uh, Arsenal 3, Manchester United 1. I mean, a shambolic scoreline for once a not shambolic performance for Manchester United, I would say. Braden, what are your thoughts with your uh, young... Arsenal team looking uh, better and better against the bigger teams
1: yeah this is a little bit of a weird game to discuss I think that both teams kind of just struggled to really get a foothold and control the game like obviously for United it started off very poorly with conceding in the first five minutes or so and um, even from there like Arsenal didn't really seem to build much of a platform to to go up uh, on and kind of dominate the game. It was just kind of, we got the goal, and we're going to try to do what we do uh, kind of from there. And I feel like United had plenty of chances. Like, there's lots of different things we can talk about in this game. You can talk about multiple penalty shouts uh, both ways. Like, you can talk about um, Cedric handballing. I would be very aggravated if Arsenal did not get that call. (laughs) Um, And they didn't give it to United this game, um, which sucks um Tavares probably could have gotten a call called a pin for pulling back uh Ilonga I know there was one incident the one incident that's kind of like pulling on his shoulder I think that's kind of fine and not that big of a deal the one where he pulls him down a little more forcefully I uh not really quite sure how he got away with that one but uh okay um and then, like you kind of make up for it with the pen on the other side, which I thought was a little harsh um, on Tavares as far as uh, you know going up, and getting a handball in the box, and you know it—it it feels like you could almost boil this game down to the the penalty miss. Like at that point, I think a lot of things changed a little bit. You had um, Arsenal players get a little bit fired back up, and then um, you know it's just one of those things where it always seems when you fail uh, to convert a good chance like that something just happens up the other end of the pitch and in this case it was grant Jaka pulling out his kind of annual galasso and you know scoring like what will be one of the contenders for arsenal's goal of the season this year just like an absolute rocket uh, that I, it was just completely unstoppable um and once it went to 3-1 this game like, I know there were a few more things that happened, but the game mostly felt like it was going to be Arsenal's at that point. And um, a good win for Arsenal, obviously. Like, I think you're seeing a young team that's struggling to to p- kind of put these performances together. And so when they do, like they deserve the credit for it. Um, and they're still figuring out um, how to do it. So kind of fair play to everyone. That's um, a good win for Arsenal.
2: Can't disagree. I mean, the... We've talked several times about, like, Arsenal having that get-back spot uh, in this continuous season of who wants fourth, not me. Um, so to take kind of a bigger scalp that's still in the conversation, obviously going to make them feel really good. I feel like it was a very, not even, but, like, a really good Arsenal performance. I do think that the biggest, the biggest point here for me is Bruno missing the penalty, and it's not necessarily that he missed... Not necessarily that anyone capitalized afterwards. It's just that, like, the look on that United team, that United team's face after that missed. I've seen that look on my own face, and I know what that means. That's a, bro. <sighs> what's the fun point? And the dejectedness and the kind of. It wasn't even like they were sad. It was just like, a, God damn it! Why can't anything go right? And like, that's what stuck to me from this game is that like, this is a big scalp for Arsenal to get in terms of like where they are points-wise. And, you know, name brand value. If you're an Arsenal team who's coming up and you want to feel good about yourself, getting a win over Manchester United makes you feel good, even if they are in the state, they are. But just to see United kind of have that fight back, not necessarily cashing on the chances that they had, because they had some decent chances off the back of that first goal to get back into this. And then after that penalty miss, just kind of go, oh, for fuck's sake. Which then led to... Granted, Jacob earning himself a, like you said, Braden, his one time a year where he's like, shit, I should probably put my laces through this fucking ball and uh, try to blow the back of the stadium open. This is a fucking howitzer, and I appreciate every minute of it. Look, two teams who I don't like are both having a real, real shit time of it right now, and as much as I would like to say that brings me joy, in my old age, it does not. If I had to wish something happened, I need this United team to kind of put something together to kind of finish out the season strong because they need to be able to build on this with senior hog coming in. You would hope they get some better results. You would hope they put up some performances, even if you're not getting wins, at least go ahead and put in a fight because after things went sideways, the fight kind of fell out of them. And if you want to be able to rebuild, gotta want to have something to start to rebuild towards, Uh, but great win for Arsenal. And just if I can give one shout it is good to see Ronaldo score after everything that happened. Uh, he pointed to the sky. They gave him another round of applause instead of a minute. That just feels something special for me. So I figured I'd shout that out before I move on. But yeah, uh, strange times at Manchester United. Uh, I wish all better than Everton because I'm wishing them nothing but failure from here on out.
0: I mean, I, I, I do want to add one thing. I don't think the penalty miss really was the deciding factor. I think it's really Granit goal. I think when that third goal goes and like you just drop you drop your shoulders, you're like, I, it's not been our day because even without those decisions, without with the penalty miss, like right after the penalty miss, Dalot hit, uh, hit the post on that Ramsdale save, like you know, I think I think big moments Arsenal came up with answers and got and wrote their luck at the end of the day and like Premier League that you have to at some point, right? Like all of them were fifty-fifty decisions and on the day it went to arsenal and i think for united like it's as a fan it felt such a weird performance because we didn't play that bad even though we never looked like we were going to win the game like you know it's one of those days where you're just gonna chalk it off to whatever the fuck the result is and move on and as far as building and rebuilding goes well um i will say that sometimes you are gonna tear that shit down before you start rebuilding so gonna be some interesting days ahead. Uh, brayden do you have any game in mind that you would like to talk about
1: uh yeah so for me we'll go over to uh the other side of london and, and talk about uh, chelsea and west ham i think that this is a interesting performance from chelsea like i think they contrary to some of the games that they pulled out recently i, I feel like they've they performed a lot better and were looked like they were not going to get the result when i, I think recently they've played pretty poorly and um and, and some of the matches they still managed to get a result uh but this was a pretty good performance from chelsea like if you look at xg you look at whatever metric you want to look for for at um chelsea pretty much dominated this game and just didn't get the payoff for it until the very end when uh six scores uh, a goal to i mean uh, it's not even to save anything um at this point like it it, it does keep them from getting dragged into a top four uh, race at, at least for the time being like they still need to finish strong uh, a bit but i i do think that the more that they can just kind of stay away from that the better um i think that and this just kind of showed them digging in and getting it done uh in a game that is pretty easy to to bottle i think <laughs> like you got a west ham team that always is going to play chelsea hard and um came in and to do just that and frustrated them for a while and um, fair play though. them. After the Jorginho penalty miss, um, they were able to get the goal, and uh, I won't even say much-needed three points, but a reassuring three points.
2: I, if I can take one thing from this, is that Chelsea got pushed to the brink by a West Ham team who was far more concerned with everything going on in Germany, so I don't know if that necessarily says about this Chelsea team right now, uh, but I I also, I think it speaks pretty well for West Ham. Hey, you didn't you didn't put everyone out there. You didn't lay it all in the line. You're kind of pointing towards another game, and you still gave Chelsea a run for their money. The only reason you lose, well, I can't even say that's the reason you lose because that penalty wasn't converted. Uh, the only reason you lose is because a uh, fucking U.S. agent managed to put one into the back of the net. I'm going to say full marks to West Ham for this. I think there's a little bit more strength on that side that we're giving them credit for. And they may have some stuff to build on on that bench. The fact that they were able to hold Chelsea like this. I know Chelsea has some changes, too, after they lost to Arsenal. Um, but Chelsea's got a team full of ballers. And West Ham have a team full of some dudes whose names I don't even know. Um, it's mostly their used team. I, I think I know their first team pretty well. I don't know. I, it's a—it's like you said, Brayden, it's not a much needed win for Chelsea because, like, yeah, they don't want to get dragged into a fourth place battle, but I don't think that's Necessarily going to be a thing. It's a it's a win to feel good about. If you're a Chelsea fan, you can feel good about Pulisic getting off this night. You can feel good about you guys getting a win. um That's really all you can feel good about because for the time being, you're still owned by he who should not be named. But uh, you know, full marks to him. I, I just don't like Chelsea that much to give them that much credit. I'm not going to be honest. If I can be completely honest, like I want to give West Ham more more credit here. Good job. Hope y'all do well in Frankfurt. Love you.
0: I mean, I I do want to say one thing about West Ham. Like, Craig Dawson, back-to-back different tournaments getting sent off, like, that's just stupid. And, like, putting a team in such a bad position. And Chelsea, I mean, like, ultimately, when you lose a man, there is space to be exploited. And that's what they did. So, good on them. And one final game I do want to quickly touch base upon. Not a whole lot to say. Other than um, certain decisions, the Merseyside derby, Liverpool 2, Everton 0, um, Origi getting his animal goal against Everton. But before all of that, like I do want to understand how Mane did not get sent off there. Like Every player who has put hands on a, an opponent's face always gets sent off. And I ridicule players who make the meal out of it every time, but at that point, if that Everton player just goes down and VAR takes a look, like that's a red card, right? And I, I, think that's the consistency that really pissed me off. And then the penalty for Anthony Gordon, like the first one, very rightly gets a yellow card for diving, which I applauded the uh, referee for. But like he had absolutely no control of that game. Like he, that, that was a proper, uh, terribly ref game, in my opinion, in the Premier League. Again. Uh, I think these are games when it goes your way, you don't really give a whole lot of uh, a care like what the fuck happened. And I think that's, again, credit to you. Like you played better, you won the game. But these are referees who end up refing bigger games and make mistakes at bigger moments than this. So I, I do think like the refereeing in this game really stood out to me on how terrible a big game ref can be. There's a lot. Of contrition in those calls, I'm not even going to sit
2: here and try to lie and say that's not a penalty because it is. I don't know what the ref is trying to make up for, but I do know that there's a hella late, there's a hella late tackle uh, from DeCorey in this one. It's a lot of fucking Jordan Pickford taking a shit on the ball for 20 minutes at a time. Um, uh, there is that dive from uh, Gordon earlier in the match, so I don't know if it's like a makeup call to like facilitate. Uh, but I don't think this was a really well ref match, even if the decision does go my way. Uh, that being said, the decision did go my way, so fuck it. Um, exactly what you said. It was not refed well, but because my team won, I think I put less emphasis on that and more emphasis on football being nothing without Divacarigi, but that's fine. When you're in a run in like this, these are the matches you have to win. And despite the shithousery that Everton bought and that we also bought, I'm wearing Andy Robinson's jersey. I ain't going to sit here and act like shithousery is not something that we do. At the end of the day, you got to get three points. If you're trying to do what you're trying to do, if you're trying to set set fire to the rain is what I'm going to say because I don't know why, uh, then you got you to gotta get these three points. It's a testy match. This is an Everton team that didn't get broken down very easily for 60 minutes of the match, and then they just fucking choked that shit away like they always do, and hey – shit happens man I, i'm wearing andy roberts on my back so i gotta give the boy a shout out he played a fantastic match I, my next year is going to be de or because like i said football's nothing without him and that man just shows up quiet as shit scores a goal and then goes away into relative obscurity until we need him again like some sort of mythical beast in the night i'll agree with you terribly rough game uh but like you said <laughs> i agree with you that too i don't give a shit bro win baby win
1: yeah i think that's pretty fair like i I'm no fan of Stuart Atwell. Um, He also had no control over the game in the Arsenal uh, Man City match earlier uh, this year. That like somehow Arsenal got charged with players like losing control of their players when they just did things that you see every single week in the Premier League. But it it is what it is. I'm not. Stuart Atwell is one like. If it weren't for John Moss, it's one of those like the the like thing Alabama is most happy for is Mississippi because it's like if it's not for Mississippi, <laughs> you're like fiftieth <50th> in <laughs> every list instead of 49th. ninth. Um, that that's how I feel about Al- well, John Moss. I I don't want to make that the sole point of this game though. Like I do think that if you look at Everton, I think that they went out and kind of executed a game plan pretty well. Um, for at least the first half if it's a little frustrating uh, just as someone who wants to watch a game that the ref tolerated all of the bullshit of um the shit housing and that sort of thing and like you look at a guy like Richarlison and like he is actually going to get hurt sometime because people just stop buying this like I'm hurt thing
2: three times he does.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah like he i want the referees and i want the league in general to err on the side of player safety and and caution for these sorts of things especially when it comes to head injuries but like you cannot convince me that the thing that kicked off the whole kerfuffle at the end of the first half wasn't because he'd clearly fake stuff earlier and and, like that starts the like fuck no we're not kicking this ball out we've seen this (laughs) and and it was nothing so i i I don't know. Like I think Everton did a pretty decent job with their game plan, but I, I think it's like Lampard forgot to put in the but you also have to attack at some point. Like you you can't just sit back, um, and, and defend. And I honestly think like if you look at um Decore and, and I know like Allen's gotten a lot of stick for not completing a lot of passes or or whatever i I mean i think he only completed like six or something i I don't know what the number is but like defensively they did a really good job of shutting down um the liverpool front three and the attack and it really wasn't until divok came on to offer something different that that kind of unlocked the attack and i think everton deserve some amount of credit for that but you know when you try to play this defensively and you you don't do anything on the attacking side of the pitch like you're relying on very fine margins and liverpool are probably going to beat you if that's what you're relying on like it's a very let's just hope we can keep them from scoring and uh, you know maybe another day gordon does get that penalty and that's a um uh, and that was their way out. But it just wasn't going to be today, that day. The yeah, that I mean, today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, the the one last thing I do want to add about that game, uh, which you pointed out kind of, Braden, the and injury situation. Like, mm-hmm. he really did get the short end of the stick by the time he really rolled his ankle at the end that, like, really kicked things off. And what really pissed me off in that whole situation is Stuart Owl just needs to walk away. And call fucking Decore over to give him the yellow card. Like, you walk away, you defuse the situation, and instead, my man just fucking runs He's over sprinted. to Decore. Like, sprinted. You know, sprinted. <laughs> Get out of my do way. It. I got shit. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's like, I see fire. I can ignite more fucking fire by putting this oil in there. Like, let me just fucking do that. Like,
1: it's, it's, it's like he was doing the Mike Dean
0: testimonial match or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, that, it was just annoying to watch. And as you said, like Rich Allison. if we are going to talk about shit, thing, I really enjoyed what Allison did at the end of the game where he okay. just like fell down. And like for me, if a team does dumb shit like Pickford was doing earlier to waste time and you do end up winning like 100 percent, every team should do that. If you don't do that, you should not get the full three points. You're that is how laugh I laugh at you. <laughs> yes. It is one of the best things in football when
1: you have a keeper who's wasted time for 80 minutes of the game and then all of a sudden they concede and it's like running over to the ball boy to try to get the ball quickly to restart it like it's (laughs) like piss off
0: yep and uh all i really have to say is everton going down would be quite funny if not ironic um given how much money they have spent Having said that, if we're just going to move on to the previews for this weekend. So first things first, the way we go about doing things is uh, instead of just giving you our thoughts, we put our pod bucks, as we call them, one unit, 100 bucks, 1,000 bucks, whatever is a unit for you. If it's a million bucks, feel free to donate some to us. We put them on a three-way money line. And next week, when Google Chrome permitting on Braden's laptop, we will calculate the results and give you. Our performances and first things first, Newcastle at home plus 575 against Liverpool at minus 230, draws at plus 380, over-unders at two and a half. This is a rivalry up north in the making, right here, because you are going to have Liverpool be good and you've got new money in Newcastle. Do you think Newcastle might pull a rabbit out of the hat here?
2: Will y'all listen to the show, y'all know what the fuck this match means to me. And y'all know last time I will completely I completely went with my actual brain. And I'm going with my brain here too. This Newcastle team is riding high. I feel like they are going to come and put the screws to Liverpool. I feel like this is going to be a testier match that we're going to give it credit for. But I ain't fucking picked, I'm picking my brain and my heart this time. This title title for something, Surge continues. Newcastle will put up a good fight. It's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. I would say the atmosphere is one to watch out for because I think that Newcastle know that this is going to be their time to kind of show Liverpool, hey, it's not going to be easy to come here no more because we we got that oil money. Uh, but I still think Liverpool get it done on the day. So I'm going to pick Liverpool. If you expected anything different, I apologize for leading you astray. But y'all know what this shit is. It may not be a quadruple. It might be a single. It might be a double. It might be a triple. I don't give a shit. I like Wendy's either way. We're coming for it. We're winning this match. Sorry, Newcastle. I'll say glowing things about you next week when you play somebody who I care less about.
1: I, I mostly agree with that. Like I think that what you have right now with the Liverpool squad is that they're going to be all in on trying to win a title. And I think that Liverpool, when they're chasing something is the best version of Liverpool that you have and especially Jurgen Klopp teams just in general and I I don't think that Newcastle are gonna be good enough to kind of get in 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 that way like I, I think that Newcastle are much improved they're playing a better brand of football like I I there's a chance that there's a couple guys who can cause some issues but I don't think it's so crazy that like Newcastle are gonna draw or or, or win this match, so I, I'm going Liverpool. John Joe Shelley revenge game though could make it interesting. <laughs> like whether whether it's whether it's like a 40 yard screamer or a red card, it could be interesting either way. I mean,
0: minus two thirty seems free money for Liverpool. That is all I'm gonna say. Uh, moving on to the next game, Villa minus two forty taking on Norwich at plus two six uh, plus six twenty five draws a plus 360 over and a two and a half brain how are you feeling about this game sir
1: yeah this is a interesting game because i think that norwich are a team that are uh they're fighting for survival i guess if if you want to call it that but i think they're mostly given up but you've also got a villa team that is not in good form like villa are not playing anywhere near kind of the heights that they were around uh the turn of the new year and that sort of thing and so i think i'm gonna take i think i'm gonna take a norwich win uh, mostly because i don't think norwich are gonna play for a draw like i don't think that's something that they're going to do they need three points if they're going to even attempt to stay up and so uh, it's probably more likely that villa win but given the odds i think that norwich are going to go out there and and put everything towards it and we'll see if they can come out um and make anything of it. Like, I know it's been a, a little bit of a uh, rough go for them recently, but um, you know, they've got to pick themselves up and go again.
2: Sir, you know, damn well, we go again as someone specific catchphrase and he's the manager of the other fucking team. And he's going to go again because I don't trust Norwich to be able to bag a goal in this match. I don't think Villa is playing spectacularly right now. And I think this is a bounce back spot for them. Cause I don't think Norwich has anything in this. I think Norwich are pretty much, like, done, done. I don't think that they believe that themselves. I think they still have something to fight for. I just don't think they're talented enough to be able to take this from Villa at home. So I'm going to take Villa, and I'm going to feel pretty solid about it. Uh, I don't even have a joke for Norris, man. Just let's let's go ahead and get it over with and uh, let form uh, former team back in this bitch so, uh,
0: so the cons can make more money and get me more wrestlers on
2: AEW. Let's go full
0: all right, or fuck up Trevor Lawrence's career. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to take Villa as well. I think at home they should be good, but um, I think minus 240 is still a bit rich, to be quite honest. Uh, moving on to the next one Southampton taking on Crystal Palace. Southampton at plus plus oh, one two five. Crystal Palace is at plus 2.15. Draw is at plus 245. Over-unders at 2.5. Will. A lot of twos. Going in here, do you predict a 2-0 win for somebody?
2: Uh, no, I'm going to predict a 2-2 draw. I'm going to take the draw on this match. These are two teams coming off the back of two kind of different stressful draws. Uh, Palace and Leeds just play one of them ugly Monday night games that you would get on your off days in your early 20s on a Monday to be like, this is my Premier League match, and then it's just not interesting and not fun and just really rough and brusque and like cold night in Stoke. Uh, And that takes a toll on the team, especially a team who's, uh, I mean, these are two teams who are fighting to finish mid-table. And you know what I say, two teams even each other out. They're in the same path. They're in the same way. They're in the same form. Uh, I think it's going to be kind of a, like, banger draw, uh, where it's a decent high-scoring affair. But these teams are pretty much even. These two managers are pretty much even. And I low-key... Might give this one a shout on Saturday because it seems like it's going to be an interesting match, but it's going to be interesting in a draw. There were more words there. I lost them. Let's just go to the next person.
1: Yeah, I think that it, you might see an interesting game of two teams that are playing pretty free and and not really playing under the weight of results that you see a lot of other teams playing with right now like i i think these two teams are happy with where they are compared to expectations at start of the season and it's going to be more about you know can we give someone a run out and see what they uh, what they do can we work on some um some kind of things we want to do in the future that sort of thing and so I, i think you'll see a pretty open game here i i think it'll be like tactically interesting i think Hasenville and Vieira have both um, put out good styles of football and, and proven pretty capable in the tactics, um, so I think you might see a good battle there. Um, as far as the match goes overall, um, I'm going to go with... Uh, we, we like plus favorites here, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Southampton. I think that Palace are a little bit down on the form right now, um, and Southampton have played... Uh, some pretty decent football recently, so we'll we'll see.
0: <laughs> so, what was your pick? Finally, Southampton. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go with a draw. I I was trying to figure out if I'm gonna go with Southampton, but um, I think in this particular situation, it just makes sense. Uh, given what everything that Wool said. Moving on to the next one between two teams that are very at least one of them are very much likely to go down. Watford at home at plus one six five taking on Ben Mee's Burnley at plus 170, draws at plus 215, over-unders at 2.5. Ben Mee about to pull off an incredible relegation save. That would be a storyline for the ages. Braden, are you here for it?
1: I, sort of. Like, I I am not hardwired to want Burnley to do anything well. Like, I I, <laughs> I have for a long time been taking a lot of pleasure in Burnley's pain. Um, and I don't, but the story is so good. Like you said, like even with, uh, even with it being Burnley, like it's a, it's a very interesting thing that's going on there right now. Um, it's a, you know, Watford in a very similar situation as Norwich. I, I just, are they going to get up and have anything to play for? I, I'm not really sure, but Burnley on the other hand, absolutely have something to play for. Like they are just ahead of Everton, um, Although Everton does have a game in hand on them, um, but Everton are averaging less than a point a game, so let's not count that for too much. Um, I I think that Burnley go and get this done and get a win. Like I think that this is a Burnley team that is playing a little bit better recently. Um, they've got some guys up front who can do some damage. Uh, and Watford, I think you just, uh, especially after last week, like I, I don't want to get hold too much against them. Uh, for getting taken apart like they did, but I, you could, you could get the feeling that they're starting to go through the motions a little bit and accept their fate. So I'm gonna go with Burnley.
2: The fucking beige revolution begins now. I, I made these jokes for like two, three seasons on this damn show, and all of a sudden they're like, the player is the manager, and now we gotta save ourselves. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm, I want him to do it. And I kind of want him to do it. Also. I wanted them to go down, but I'm starting to realize that if they go down, then Everton's probably going to stay. And, like, if I can't get both of them, I should get the one that I've wished for more on this show. I need to go back and listen to episodes because I think it might be even at this point, but it's fine. I got Burnley winning this one. Uh, I know Watford still have something to play for, but I think Watford are done. I think those bottom two teams are done. I think the more interesting battle is between the teams who are, like, the Everton's, the Burnley's. And the leads if they don't get their results right, I like there's there's far more to be said for those teams and I I kind of want to believe in the Burnley thing. I like I never thought I'd get to see a player manager be a thing, and now it's a thing, and like it feels like it's 1990 all over again, which is great for my uh, ever increasing m- midlife crisis. So like yeah, I'm going with Burnley. Walford are pretty much kind of signing themselves up to be done with it and try to fight back next year. And Sean Dyche did not die for this, damn it. The beige revolution starts now. Burnley comes back, sends Everton to a watery blue grave, and I paint the walls of my house a darker beige than they already are.
0: Well, I'm going to take Burnley as well. I think they are, do have more to play for and will play a very strong game. Moving on to the next one, Wolves against Brighton. Wolves at plus 170, Brighton plus 180, draws at plus 200. Over/unders at two. Two teams that um, I think were contenders to, you know, take steps forward as the season went on, and um, those steps kind of came to a crashing end once Newcastle was bought up by the Saudis. So, which one of these two fallen, uh, maybe possible giants, are you gonna go with, Braden?
1: Yeah, it's a. Uh... Both of these teams are in kind of weird spots in their form right now. Like, I think that Wolves were playing well, uh, early in the year. Like when they were, we were talking about them competing for top four and then, uh, they just kind of completely fell off after that. And then Brighton are this team that it's been weird in that they're like chronically underperforming their XG. They look like a pretty decent squad overall at times. They just can't really finish which leads to just weird results i feel like like they are pretty up and down i think that they've got they're kind of taking the right steps and i think that you will see them take a step next year but um their their form is pretty inconsistent as of right now um so for me for this game I'm gonna take a draw. Like I think these two teams are playing pretty evenly overall. I think that kind of similar to Southampton and uh, Palace that we talked about earlier. I think these will two teams that are mostly fine with where they're at, and they're gonna maybe try some things um, and mostly look towards building towards the next year. And I-, I think you see them play to a draw.
2: Braden, it sounds like you just uh, called for the Derby Daylight catering because that's what I feel like this is gonna be myself. Uh, I. I don't know if Wolves are done making any sort of challenge for anything that they feel like they have to play for, but they lost to Burnley last week. And I know I just mentioned the whole Bayes Revolution. But this Wolves team should beat Burnley on paper pretty much seven out of ten times, maybe? Five out of ten? I don't know. A, a Higher than normal average, and they didn't. And this is a Brighton team who might be able to exploit that and show up on the day and deal with it. They're also kind of in catering and just hanging around. There were bigger expectations for these teams, which means I should not give them bigger expectations at this point in the season where we're at the ass end and they're kind of just chilling. So I initially have written in my notes. I'm going to take Wolves, but fuck these notes. I'm landed on my head. Uh <laughs> fuck fuck these notes. I'm gonna go ahead and take the draw. I feel like these two teams are far more even than we give them credit for. I feel like this Wolves team is kind of sputtering towards the end. I feel like this Brighton team can kind of pick themselves up towards the end. But I'm going to say it again. Meet in the middle. Draw time. Uh, also, for those of you who didn't see, I have on a hat. Notes definitely landed on my head. So there's a couple minutes in there while I was completely blind.
0: Hilarious. Well, I'm gonna go with a draw as well in this game, just because I think both the teams evenly match. Neither one of the teams good offensively, and should be an entertaining game though. Uh, um, something I'm looking forward to watching. Um, moving on to the next one, Leeds at home at plus 750. After Jesse Marsh came out and said, "Hey, we are gonna play attacking football and take the game to Man City," which, while as ridiculous as it may sound, I think is a good way beat Manchester City. Man City coming in favorites on minus 315. Draws at plus 450. Over-under is at three. I'm going to go ahead and take Leeds. How are you feeling, Will? One of these teams who wears all white
2: has got to beat these guys at some point this next week. All right. They got real close on Tuesday. And yes, I am counting Leeds and Real Madrid as the same team right now. That's what you get for wearing all white. Uh, they got real close. There's still another chance for them to do it. I do think that playing attacking football is the way to expose Manchester City. I just just run, just make them tired. They have as many games as Liverpool do at this point, and they may seem um on the day they can seem a sleepier side. I know Liverpool can get exposed pretty easily, but I think, Liv- I think Liverpool, I think City is just a tidbit sleepier, and I think that Leeds can exploit that. When I say I think they can, I'm saying I need for them to, okay? This is less about me trying to bet with my money, and this is more about me betting betting with what I need, okay? So what I need is my boy on the field, Jess Marsh, and I need for Leeds to win this match. I'm going to pick Leeds because I'm going to entrust that he is going to have them run just enough ragged from where they were before under Bielsa, where they were run, run ragged to have them up to play City they still have stuff to play for they still are in a relegation fight city can kick fucking rocks uh and the ghost of corinne benzema is gonna fucking rain down on them i'm picking leaves also shout out to corinne benzema for making me feel good about being 34 and being really good at shit.
1: yeah so i do agree that attacking football is probably the way to go after city and to not try to just like sit and defend and um hope it's the one day a year that they struggle to score goals um <laughs> i i think it's the right approach i don't think they have the talent for it like i, I think this is going to be city like they they are just a better team leads are playing better and i think this will be a very interesting test and i think this is why you see jesse marsh saying they're going to attack and i i fully believe him because he wants to know uh what he has going forward right like so what better way to see what you have than you go and you play one of the teams that's competing for the title this year and also the champions league. So like, I think he's going to find out a lot about his team. Uh, We'll see a lot about uh, Marsh as well. I think, like, I think this is going to be a good measuring stick for uh, him just in general. So I I think you'll see a a leads team that will come out and fight and you know, they might even get a goal early. Like that's a thing that can definitely happen. And you know, sometimes when you do that to this to the city team weird things can happen but i'm still gonna go with city i think it's just much more likely that they win this one i don't want to say easily but i think that it starts off chaotic and city bring it under control kind of midway through the first half or so
0: i mean as i said i'm gonna stick with my leads pick in that situation um Everton taking on Chelsea, Everton at plus three seventy, Chelsea at minus one twenty five, draws at plus two fifty, over under is a two and a half. Braden, how are you feeling about this game, sir?
1: I, I was very much hoping that this was going to be the game that keeps Everton up and puts Chelsea uh down like fully into the top four race. Uh, just for the, the laughs of Lampard getting one over Tuchel right at the end of the season. Um but it it, to me it doesn't look like that's what's gonna happen like i i think that you've got everton squad i think put a lot into the merseyside derby and kind of looked at it as this is our chance to both this is our chance to do something in the season and to deny our rivals something as well as like obviously you need the points to stay up um I don't think they're going to have it here for Chelsea if they, if they couldn't really put it together against um, Liverpool. I, I don't see it happening here um, against Chelsea. So I'm I'm going to take Chelsea in this game. Um, Parmi also wants to take
2: a draw, but I, I'm going with Chelsea. I don't even want to bet on this match because, to be completely honest, I hate both of these teams with a passion that is undying. Uh, Didier Drogba still lives rent free in my head for the rest of my life and i'll punch him in my face if i ever see him and thank him for everything he did for every coast i almost want to go with the draw just to be an asshole but this everton team is stay with me folks hot butt trash and i think this chelsea team based solely on like whatever squad they put out there on paper is going to give just a tidbit more than this everton team like legitimately as talent like they're going to give more because they have more to give this everton team are run down They're tired. They're fighting for their lives. And I think that this Chelsea team kind of feels looked over, left over. Uh, And they, this Chelsea team may want to like, they still have something to play for. They still have a trophy to play for. They still got some fire underneath them. Look, y'all already know what the fuck I want. I'm picking Chelsea. Uh, U.S. agent for two. Everton's going down. Frank Lampard's going to cry himself to sleep under Stanford Bridge and fucking in that stupid club they had when I first – Started following the Premier League. They had a club in a fucking stadium so Bramovic can get drunk and do stupid shit. I I really don't like Chelsea. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
0: the only thing I can add in that situation is Chelsea has a lot of players who probably still hate Frank Lampard in his tenure <laughs> at Chelsea. All right, moving on to the next one. Spurs at minus 210, taking on Leicester at plus 500. Draws at plus 360, over-unders at three. Well, Spurs, look top four, clear-cut favorites, suddenly two weeks later, zero shots on target. How are you feeling about them? It's,
2: it's, I didn't think it was wildly consistent. I thought that Spurs had come off the snide, and I thought we were going to see a proper, like, I, I was prepared for St. Tottenham's Day. Like, I was waiting for it to happen. Well, I'm still waiting for it to happen. Actually, it's what I predict is going to happen. Let me rephrase that. It's going to happen because this Spurs team is wildly consistent, and I think this Arsenal team has one up on them. And I think Leicester, with nothing to play for, still have a uh, they they have a European final to play for. Like there's still tangibles here. This Leicester team still has talent. This Spurs team can't get out of their own heads. So I'm I'm there's more money to be made with Leicester. I want to take Leicester. I don't. I can't trust Spurs. When I begin to trust Spurs, they hurt me. They hurt me real bad. So I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to let myself be roped into this. I'm going to fucking talk like I'm a a woman leaving a bad relationship. You cannot come back in here. I will not take you back. Harry Kane, you take your you shit and get the fuck out of my house. I'm picking Lester. Someone's got to win the top four, and I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to be Arsenal. But someone's got to fuck it up real bad. And at this point in time, I just don't want to wish that on Manchester United because I feel bad. So I'm going to wish it on Spurs because their fans can deal with it. They've dealt with it a thousand times before. You can deal with it again.
1: I'm trying to balance what I think of this line because when I look at it, like the Spurs team, like you said, it's been, I think, is it three hours now since they had a shot on target? Yep. And (laughs) like they're sitting here as a minus two ten favorites. Like that to me does not sound correct. Like just, from a very bait like strip everything else away it's it that doesn't sound right so i'm trying to balance whether this is just because i feel this way about tottenham and versus whether this is an actual like an an analysis and and, like clear-headed thinking um but i'm gonna go with lester at plus 500 i think they have a shot at this like i think they have a plus 500 worth chance uh in this match like there is talent there um they might be looking ahead to the European final. So like you could see a pretty rotated squad. So maybe that's what their, maybe that's what their goal is going to be. Um, but uh, for me, I, I'm going to go with Leicester Plus 500. I think makes uh, some mal sense. If Schmeichel can have one of those days, they'll have a shot. Uh, cause I, I do think going forward, Leicester will cause some problems for this uh, Spurs team.
0: Uh, I'm going to go for a draw in this particular game, just because I think, Uh, Spurs have vulnerabilities, but so do Leicester. And I think Spurs will be hell bent on making sure they score some goals uh, going into this game. Uh, Moving on to the next game, another London derby. West Ham against Arsenal. West Ham at plus 340. Arsenal at minus 125. Draws at plus 260. Over-unders at two and a half. I'm going to just go ahead and lock down Arsenal. I think that's a pretty easy choice given West Ham semifinal um, on either side of this game. Braden do you feel the same? I mostly agree with that, especially when you consider West Ham's center back situation
1: um, where, you know, Dawson got sent off uh, last week and now they have no uh, healthy center backs um, for this match, unless someone turns up pretty serious. uh, Someone gets healthy real quick. Um, So, Knowing that, I, I think Arsenal have a really good shot in this game. Obviously, they have something to play for. Um, this is the type of game that could definitely sneak up on Arsenal with a young squad. Um, maybe not really ready for the pressure of uh, this top four run-in and being favorites again. Like It seems like once they're fully cast aside and forgotten about that that's when this team <laughs> really gets up to play and when they're favorites, it's uh, not as good. Um, so... We'll see. Like I think that's the main worry. Uh, if you're an Arsenal fan, is is which kind of team are you gonna see? If you see the team that came out against Chelsea or United, I, I think Arsenal win this pretty handily. So I'm gonna trust that that's what happens. I'm gonna go with Arsenal. I think West Ham look ahead towards um, their uh, semifinal, and uh, hopefully that's how that goes.
2: All the best of luck to West Ham in their semifinal. If I was betting real money. if I was building real money, I'm going to make the same that I am now, but I would wait to see what the lineups are. Uh, And, or honestly, I'd wait to see what happens tomorrow. In my head, there is a part of me that if West Ham has a good performance with the team that they have, do you necessarily want to give that up and lose that momentum? Maybe they have some guys who played for them in midweek, play for them, and that maybe carries them a little bit further than we thought it would. Uh, Also, what I mentioned from earlier in the show, I think that like their performance last week gives them a little bit of a boost. Like They should feel good going into tomorrow, and they should still feel good going into Arsenal. I just think Arsenal's playing, I mean, better football. I think they are playing better football, but that feels weird to say for a team that's in a European semifinal, or against a team that's in a European semifinal. But it's the Europa League, so we can chill. That's what they told Roma. Uh, I'm taking Arsenal in this. This seems... It seems even with what happens uh, tomorrow uh, or what, what happens later on uh, with West Ham, I just think that Arsenal are a better team right now. I have said they need a win to like solidify them as a the thing. So, based upon the results I have this weekend, this should be that time. I, I hope arsenal win because it's where i'm putting my bet but also just for the sake of this race and the fact that i've already predicted who's going to win the title wrong and i don't want to be wrong about fourth place yet again arsenal i need you to win this i'm looking directly at the camera but now i'm looking directly at you brayden i need y'all to win this
0: all right we'll see what we can do <laughs> <laughs> we'll try all right uh, uh arsenal three oh everybody picking arsenal so If you're really out there, go pick West Ham. Moving on to the last game of the weekend, or a Monday night game, of the fixture list. The final game at Old Trafford for Manchester United for the season at minus 130. Taking on Brentford at plus 350. Draws at plus 270. Over-unders at two and a half. This is going to feel like a very weird atmosphere at uh, Old Trafford. I'm going to go ahead and take... Brentford in this game, just because I think United players are going to be checked out after that Chelsea game. And regardless of the result, I think top four is done. Most players don't care about whether they get Champions League next season or not. Um, How are you guys feeling about that, Will?
2: Yeah, I kind of feel like I'm going to take Brentford in this one. I think I feel bad for saying it because I feel bad as a person. But I'm going to say this objectively. If you're Brentford and you see Manchester United's results and you've had the season you've had... You have the talent that you have there. You you see this, and your first thought is, oh, we can capitalize on this. That's at least what I would think. So if you're a Brentford team, I expect them to come out, and I expect them to play hard. I expect them to play quick and at United. I expect them to take it to them. And normally in this situation, I'd have some sort of, but I think that. I just don't know right now, man. And with the way that line looks, I just don't like it. I don't know if I can hang my hat on that United team right now. I'm going to take Brentford. I could also see United turning up and winning this match. It's at this point, if I don't know if that's just like the ghost of United burning me so much in the past, or if it's like a firm belief that they can just out talent them on the day and get it together and do it. Because if they get it together and go, Hey, we're better than fucking Brentford, they should beat the shit out of them. I just don't know if they got it in them. I just don't know if some of the guys care. And it sounds really shitty. I think that Brentford's going to show up with a chip on their shoulders and probably take advantage of a United team that's somewhere between two roads diverged in a yellow wood. So I'm taking Brentford. Also, Robert Frost joke. Give me some.
1: So I I mostly agree with this reasoning Um, I'm going to go with the draw um, Just get that out of the way Um, I agree that I think That this United team is not going to be Fully motivated I think Brentford are Generally very good at sniffing Out uh, when teams Are uh, vulnerable And attacking them at that point Um, I think they've done that in the past um, With a few teams and, And come out on top but I think they've Mostly done that at home. When they go and play away, uh, they've not had as much success with that sort of thing. Um, so I'm going to go with the draw. I, I do think this is a situation where, you yeah, know, I might get an early goal and then just like can't keep it all together and concede like towards the end. I can see something like that. There's a few different scenarios that I can see play out. Um, but I don't think that Brentford are going to win this match. Uh, so I'm going to go with the draw.
0: Well, fair enough, boys. Uh, not a whole lot of confidence, Manchester United. And you guys have even less of that. So that's pretty fantastic. Having said that, that brings us to an end of this weekend's podcast. We'll be back next week reviewing these uh, and giving you more of our thoughts on what happens this upcoming weekend. Cheers, guys.
2: again.